In this episode of The Real Build, I featured Royal Mortier. He is a structural engineer, developer, and president and founder of Pleris. Pleris actually provides services to a volume of custom builders currently across six states and will be adding 14 more states in the coming months. They also work with house plans websites to provide complete permittable plans to individual clients at a national level and has their own plan website, plearsplans.com, to promote a ton of different home designs that you can go check out. Pleris issues plans for over 100 homes a month. So Royal and I actually talked about the all the architecture that he does, his website, uh, plearsplans.com, and what they are doing and how they are innovating the architectural process. It's crazy the value that he gives you for all everything that they provide on the engineering end and on the architecture end at a great cost. So you need to listen to this show, especially if you're looking for any kind of architect or any kind of architectural advice. We talked about engineering and the importance of engineering and how the bones of the house matter. Hiring a good engineer that knows what they are doing is a huge part of the building process and also architectural design the steps you need to take, and so much more. So definitely you're going to want to listen to this episode and go check out Royal's website. Once again, it's plearsplans.com. If you're looking for any kind of home design, they are there. I guarantee it. And with that being said, you all know the routine. Please share this. Share it with your friends and family. Give me five-star review on iTunes if you can. It's much appreciated. And also comment on iTunes as well. Guys, I really appreciate you listening each and every week. That's the only thing I ask for. I don't advertise. This is all about helping you and your journey as far as building a home, buying a home, selling a home. That's what we're all about here on The Real Build. So hope I dropped some value this week to you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Royal Mortier, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today, man? You're doing great, doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Excited to have you on. Uh, talk some engineering and the stuff you're doing is pretty unbelievable. Uh, the plans, I was looking through your plans on your website. And for those of the listeners that do not know who you are, just let's talk about who is Royal Mortier. Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Um, so... Royal Mortier. I'm the um, I'm Belgian, hence the name. <laughs> my family immigrated. My uh, grandfather immigrated from Belgium, um, and uh, I own the, I own a company called Pleris, and Pleris is kind of a a long term meld of my experience in the construction and the engineering industry. Um, so I was actually uh, um, I was a home builder. I started doing concrete foundations at 15 years old in the summers 
and worked my way up uh, with a custom home builder to where I was a, at a superintendent level, about 19, 20 years old. And then I decided to go back to college and become an engineer and, uh, you know, had that brought that construction experience with me into engineering. Um, from there, I graduated from engineering uh, in 2009, which wasn't exactly the best time to be graduating with anything construction related. Um, and then luckily during that time, I had actually, I'd served in the uh, Army National Guard from 99 to 05. And so I was able to get some preference for work with the military. So I got to work, uh, got a job with the Army Corps of Engineers, managed construction with them, and then went on to a variety of other construction companies, and then eventually found myself on the design side. Um, and while on the design side, I just saw that home builders were being, from the engineering design side, home builders were really being underserved. Um, everything was done very conservatively, and not you had a lot of engineers engineering homes without a very good handle of how the home was actually going to be built and so it, it was very important to me and something i instilled on people and i actually sought out engineers that had worked in the construction trades prior to becoming an engineer and that was very important to me um and then March, uh, March 3rd of 2020, uh, again, great time, two weeks prior to the lockdown starting, uh, I left my prior firm and started Pluris, uh with the full focus of providing a complete package to our home builders. So Clearus is actually Greek for complete, and that's uh, our company name and our company motto is complete plans, period. So we handle everything from the site plan, the architectural, the structural, the code compliance. And now we're in even in certain states, we're starting to provide MEP design for our builders, uh, whether it's single infill type builds or uh, large, large developments. What, first off, thank you for your service. Let's start there. That's most important. And then uh, to go into this a little bit more, obviously, I, all I'm thinking here is experience and how much experience you truly do have as an engineer. I mean, that's important. So important. I, we, we as builders, and there's a lot of builders that listen to the show. Um, you know, one thing we always say is that, uh, that, you know, architects or engineers should have some kind of experience out in the field because things work different out in the field than they do on paper. And uh, I've experienced that with architects in the past where, which is fine. We figure it out, out in the field, a lot of different things. Some things might not work and uh, we have to kind of make those changes accordingly. But, you know, I have a good architect I work with now that we really don't experience those things. But in the past, we've worked with some architects where it just was not a good thing. <laughs> and we had to figure it, figure it out and shift and try and figure out how to make make the foundation or something work without so we the customer wouldn't have any issues later so Amazing. i have a lot of respect for you in the in the fact that you were in the home building industry you were a home builder you went through all that experience you were in design and you've mm -hmm. had all this experience leading up to engineering and starting your company as well which is huge because not a lot of people in your shoes could say that um so you kind of explain why 
you chose to start your own um, firm and you're doing full sets of plans and so on. Um, let's go deeper into that. So why engineering? Why did you get out of, why did you choose to get out of home building and go to the architectural side of things? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a variety of things. Um, one, you know, I guess there, in some aspects, people at the time I was, I was looking at long term of, of essentially just safety and simplicity of life. I thought, you know, hey, um, my grandfather was an engineer um, on, on my dad's side. Um, my dad was a building official. And I looked at that situation of like, hey, they kind of, you know, they've kind of got a desk job and then they're taking this desk job and they're taking those assets and reinvesting them primarily into real estate. Um, you know, that's something I could see myself doing, drop the tool belt and go from there. Um, a couple of injuries, I had a couple of back injuries occur at, you know, 19, 20 years old. That's kind of rough when you're, when you're that young and, and you're, you're laid up. Uh, so, you know, it just kind of, those kind of things really combined in my decision, uh, to to become an engineer and then as i was going through the engineering um the engineering school at oregon state you know i just really it became more prevalent of how much they enforced the design aspect designed by the book aspect and versus like how are they actually going to build this in the field and uh you know and that that really made it very aware that to myself that I was in the right, I was going for the right career and I was going to bring something positive to the engineering field. I like that. Cause one thing you said too, is home builders are underserved in that aspect of, you know, the architecturals and the engineering and so on. And you're, you're trying to change that by offering more, <clears throat> offering more than your typical um, architectural firm does. And, you know, one, I know what you're doing is hard. It's got to be hard, obviously, because complying by the different codes in different states and mm -hmm. or actually in different cities, too. Uh, obviously, our codes down here south are a lot stricter. You know, Miami-Dade and Collier County are pretty strict compared to where you're at, North Florida, obviously, mm -hmm. with the hurricane code and so on as well how are you kind of adjusting to that like what are you doing how are you figuring this out because i mean to be national and everything's different like california they they probably i don't know what just off the top of my head i'm sure they deal with the earthquake codes and stuff like that uh texas might have some hurricane codes here and there um louisiana obviously as well so how are you figuring all this out as you build your company Right. So we've got a couple things. So um, right now we're right now we're we're licensed in currently we're only licensed in eight states. Okay. Um, a lot of the Midwest states, their their homes we can make comply with prescriptive path. Uh, and then we're we're growing. We're looking to be in about twenty five states here within this first quarter, early second quarter. So a lot of that aspect that we're we're bringing into it is. Um, a, these way, but we have a very, very comprehensive spreadsheet. Uh, and I have an assistant that I have go through as we're growing into other areas or we're starting to service other builders in those areas that goes through and starts really doing the legwork research and laying things out. Um, I also keep an extra, I, I try and keep an extra drafter uh, and 
on staff that basically is just my R&D director. So as we're growing into other, other areas or taking on other types of construction, where he is, his entire position is, hey, you're going to research this. You're going to start building our framework for it, putting together our checklists, our checks and balances, putting together details, and we start laying those tasks out. So we're we're getting ahead of ahead of these things multiple months before we're ever in the area. <clears throat> the other part of it is what's kind of nice is, you know, I, I don't. Every state has its own learning curve of what they require and what may be special, but we can take those and we can actually regionalize them. And so, uh, and the NAHB has actually done a really good job with this of regionalizing groupings of states that have very similar building code requirements and uh, engineering and common construction method requirements. And so we're kind of doing a very similar thing and as we grow, uh, we're actually going to basically have our teams be SMEs or subject matter experts for those regions that they are assigned to. That That is the best way. Uh, and kind of bringing that into my relating to the prior military, you know, the rule of seven, no person can be in charge of more than seven people. That's why squads are seven people. That's basically what our teams are going to be assembled of is you're basically going to have a primary engineer the primary drafter and then a build up underneath them of the to be basically make about seven people per regional team and then as you know volume increases we just we start supplementing that team with different leadership structures but that's the biggest way going out doing the recon, recon getting the information and then then we execute on that information got it one thing I wanted to ask you too, because obviously the show's more client-based, like teaching clients what to look for too. Not mm-hmm. a lot of clients understand the engineering side. They just kind of go with it that I deal with, obviously, but it's a, obviously the main part of the architectural drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, why is engineering so important to you know the drawings and what we do and so on? Right. So, you know, there's... Beginning, I think, in 05, the uh, the ICC started providing like a prescriptive path um, for wood framing, wood construction, and then a lot of CMU construction or ICF construction still runs a lot off of prescriptive path. What we've seen, though, since that 05 introduction for wood framing, and I think it was, I want to say 1997 is about when the ICF CMU prescriptive path started getting uh, adopted we've seen a heightened level of conservancy. So what would previously been accepted as, hey, this is a, you can just do this sheer wall and this will work and you can do a six foot window and you can do this and you can do that. It's now gotten more and more conservative to where we're seeing a lot of, of homes, that, uh, track cell homes, you know, you'll see entire, on an 1,800, 2,000 square foot home, you'll see entire walls that maybe have one window for the bathroom. And that's because that's what they needed to do to meet prescriptive path. Um, and, or you'll see, you know, they've got, I mean, we, we took on one builder that had portal frames around like three different windows on their ground floor. In addition to the front of the garage, because that was what they had to do to make that design work. Now we're able to come in there and engineer it and get it, remove those, remove those portal frames that have significant, detailing requirements and significant expense 
can bring down the amount of pull downs and strapping and everything like that. So especially in higher wind zones uh, and higher seismic, um, engineering is, is actually extremely beneficial to the builder because if you're doing engineering correctly and accounting for all of the all of the walls, all of the sheer the sheer capacities of those wall sections, you can really provide significant value to the builders. Uh, and one of our, I, I've yet to have a builder come to us that we've brought on in a large volume level that hasn't made the statement of your engineering, uh, the, the savings from your engineering exceeds the, your fee. So I'm in the end, I'm saving them money. So. Yes, it's a, it can be a nuisance to have to bring in another third party for as far as engineer. But in the case of like one of our builders that does uh, over 500 homes across six states, you know, that's they were having their drafters provide the prescriptive path design. Well, that's drafted. Those, those are drafters that you're basically trying to also make, you know, know a whole other code in addition to the standard building codes and stuff. And that's really hard to, to have that, not to mention it takes away their efficiency as drafters. So you're either hiring me and I'm saving you money by doing the engineering. And then we can get into a reproduction type model where you're, you basically pay the engineering the first time and then you're just a low cost repro after the fact, or you're basically paying your drafter or whoever to make the house comply with prescriptive path every time the house has a minor change or you go into a new state or a new region. It's, it's, uh, it, it, one of our builders used the term prescriptive doesn't pay. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it, in 2005, yeah, it was very, it was not as conservative and, and really useful as it's been uh, morphed and become more conservative. It, it definitely needs to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I've had, uh, I've had it where I've lost jobs. We had, a, we had, a, I had a customer I was working with and it, what the plan was so engineered because the house went downhill and obviously there's so much structural to this house going downhill and the pool was on a second level and so on too. Uh, another builder bid it. Uh, the concrete on this thing was a lot of money just because all the structural and another builder bid it and he was, considerably less in concrete and not to say the lesson wasn't learned on the first round this guy actually came to us because he went with a less expense or cheaper builder that is no longer in business and learned his lesson on the first house and said he was never going to do it again well guess what he did it again because he went with the cheaper concrete bid on the other guy and now I know what that other guy did because he called my architect who designed the plan and said, hey, can I get the CAD files? Because he wanted to take those CAD files to his architect and have them dummy down the engineering on this house, which they ended up doing too. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's just, I, I always say people need to be careful because that's how important you are as an engineer is you guys, ha- you do your job for a reason. And there's a lot of builders to cut costs. They will dummy down things like that or have somebody else that just doesn't really care. And overall, that house is going to have nothing but issues. I, I know for a fact. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah, there are absolutely aspects of it, um, you know, and I think it was was it on the. I want to say, I know it was along the Gulf Coast. There's a, there's a documentary about it. 
uh, where they're flying a helicopter and all of the houses along the coast are decimated by a hurricane, except for this one standalone house. And, and, uh, and they interviewed the, the builder for that house. And they said, well, why is your house standing? Why all these other ones are falling? And he's like, I hired a good engineer and I did exactly what he told me to do. So, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and that's, and that is important. Um, and, you know, we really try and provide a, a balance of that, that security of having a properly engineered home that's going to support the imposed loadings. Um, also with the understanding of, again, the construction methods and what's going to provide, what's going to be cost effective and simple for the people in the field to, to construct. So, mm-hmm. it's, it, so it's, uh, yeah, engineering absolutely, absolutely is important. So. Yeah, we see, uh, unfortunately, you see stuff like that way too often, but it's, and then you get what you pay for, you you know, an engineer over delivers, obviously, and over engineers something is better than under engineering something too, because that house that's over engineered is going to withstand anything. There's a, that's a fact. I mean, it was designed that way to withstand these climates, these elements that we face down here in my area of Southwest Florida. That's why it's so important. I gotta, I remind customers that your concrete's higher, more concrete isn't a bad thing. You know, you want your house to last, it's going to stay through everything. This is what we have to do. So, you know, and going back to the guy I was just talking about, uh, going downhill the way that house runs, there's no doubt there's going to be leaks. The pool's probably going to have issues leaking. There's just, it's going to be one thing after the other over time. And once again, I hate to say, told you so, but you know, you get what you pay for. So it's unfortunate, but people go that route every, uh, quite a bit. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's always, you know, you're, you're in a very large high custom, um, type scenario, which, I mean, really in the grand scheme of things, the additional amount you may pay in those construction materials or in the engineering of those types of homes is negligible relative to the value of the, the value that those brings in case something goes wrong. You know, I do, I do forensics. Uh, I do forensics for a few attorneys that, you know, that I come in and find out what went wrong with the house or wrong with the development. And it's, it's always so, amazing to me that i mean if they had done it right they may have added a thousand dollars to the build cost of these houses maybe on the high end three or four thousand dollars just the overall build cost and like we just had a development settled out that the builders buying all of the houses back Hmm. you know that's they're, they're literally the the repair exceeded the wow. values of the houses. Wow! And literally, if you'd done it right in the very beginning, you maybe would have incurred three to four thousand dollars in expense. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. It, it, there's certain things you you know. Everybody looks for the the uh, the really pretty fence pickets, you know, and the oh this has this tile and oh this has you know these aesthetics and it you can change those at any time you can go in and update those at any time yeah you can't go and add rebar to a concrete concrete foundation or you know easily open up a wall and replace a column that was put in undersized or anything like that that's those are very invasive uh, renovations so yeah absolutely 
Yeah, I say that all the time. I mean, it's 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 the quality of the product that you're building with. It's what because people are sold by the cosmetic things. I mean, you see model homes and people walk into these models, and the builders are a lot less expensive than let's say we are, and so on. But they're dude and odd by the furniture and all the stuff that they have in a model home. But they're they don't know what they're getting behind the walls. Mm-hmm. That's where the corners are getting cut. They don't know how they're the concrete's being done and so on by inexperienced concrete companies and crews from that don't even have a name on their trucks and so on. I see that around here. So it's just, it's, it's people. That's what this show is about too, is just kind of teaching people that because it's worth sometimes most every time I should say it's worth pulling out your wallet and spending that little bit of extra money in mm-hmm. the scheme of a, in, in the scheme of a home build, it is a little bit of extra money to make sure things are done right. That's it, you know, plain and simple. But unfortunately, people look at the dollars. That's all they pay attention to. They say this house is good enough. It looks good, you know, and then they go to build and then there's nothing but issues. And then you see it in the community Facebook forum, uh, you know, talk about people saying, oh, yeah, do not build with this worst experience ever. Well, you went with them because you got sold on that price. And do they learn their lesson again? Some might, but majority don't when they see the numbers again. It's just there's a lot of number number driven people out there, but there's a lot of people that want quality too. And that's exactly. what we build for. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen your guys' stuff. You guys you guys build some great stuff. I'm I'm actually excited to come down your area and yeah. have some of your sites. Yeah, man. I would love, definitely love to have you. So let me know now that you're in the state too, the great yeah. state of Florida. Let me know. So um, <laughs> Continuing on here, obviously you offer a lot of architectural services. You brushed on this a little bit. I, I was checking out your website. You get a ton of plans. So uh, just talk about what you provide uh, with Pluris and and how you guys like go about it. If somebody, you know, the customer calls and says, "Hey, I want this plan." How's your process go? Yeah. So, um, so we actually don't own any of our plans. We okay. part. Our, we have our Pluris partners, and so those are. Our house, our house plan, other house plan websites that we've kind of vetted uh, as having very quality house plans, marketable house plans. And then we also, our builders that we that we partner with, a lot of them have libraries. And so we offer to them to actually market their library and then they get residual royalties as the house plans sell. Um, and we, we have a feature where we can actually um, ghost their plans in states that they work in and stuff like that. So you, you know, we're we're slowly working on that in the back end, but essentially it's going to be where you know, a builder won't be competing with somebody else buying their house plan and trying to build it in the same area they built. Um, if they want that plan, they'll have to go to that builder. So, um, but with that said, right now we have we have over four thousand house plans available with our current house plan partners. And what's nice is we use those plans to work with either builders or developers and either add supplement their existing library, create a whole new library, create a development specific library, um, or in, uh, in certain cases, you know, builder may call us, Hey, I bought these, you know, six whole, these six lots on auction and I need some houses that kind of meet the CCNRs. For these house, these lots I, I picked up cheap, and here's the CCNRs. Find me, find me, you know, find me six house plans, and then we help help them in finding something that'll that'll meet those, be you know of value, and, and provide those infills. 
So it's, and then we are able to basically work as kind of a middle person um, between the builder and the developer and the house plan provider and in negotiating like a group, a group purchase, um, multi-use licenses versus single-use licenses, so on and so forth. And then all of our partners, they basically, how it works is if somebody um, in supplement to that, if somebody went out and just said, Hey, I bought these house plans um, from, you know, one of our plan partners, um, Massport, uh, Massport house plans. Um, they said, Hey, I bought these. I need them brought up to code and engineered for Arizona. Well, they only bought, maybe they only bought the PDF plan set. Well, we have a partnership with Massport. So I can go to Massport and say, Hey, I need the CAD files. Anybody else is going to be, anybody else is going to, any other architect or engineer they go to is going to have to redraft those plans. But I have the ability to go to them and get the, get the CAD files direct at no extra expense to the client. And then we go through and we do the code updating, we do the structural engineering, and then we're turning over to them a fully code compliant and structurally engineered plan for specific to their site. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice aspect. Um, and so kind of give you an idea of ranges, um, our development builders, you know, we've got developments from 16 homes to 250 homes. So our small infill development builders like that, the, the 10 to 20, you know, their overall price per house for design. Um, now this price per house, like original plan or what it averages out to for their, their development. Um, they may be, you know, uh, three to 4,000 bucks for a complete house plan, a large volume, a large development, you know, it, it balances out to where they're probably gonna be under a thousand bucks, um, because we basically do the initial onboarding, the engineering, the architectural design, and then they're just on a reproduction model after that. Um, or some states provide a mass allow for master plans where we can improve a master plan for an entire development. And in those cases, we just charge them one upfront fee and then they're off to the races for their whole development. And then we do um, some of them, like one we just did with, uh, you know, it was like a 6,500 square foot. Um, the plans were provided in wood construction, but they wanted uh, ICF. So, uh, and they wanted a bunch of modifications. Well, we, you know, did all the plan modifications, did the code updates, converted it to ICF, uh, full engineering and site specific. And they were around 10,000 bucks. So, you know, I don't know anybody else that's going to custom design an ICF house, 6,500 square feet for 10,000 bucks. No. So, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, turnaround time, you know, depending on our builders, um, we have, we have different packages for our builders. Um, and we have a really, uh, involved PM tracking system that they can actually, they have their own login and they can actually watch their, their projects go through the process. Um, so for some of our builders that are engineering, we just provide the engineering, uh, they have their own plan library. We just provide the, the structural engineering. Um, we contract with them for a 10 day turnaround and that's 10 actual days, calendar days. Um, our average for one of our build or one of our builders for that, we were averaging about five to six days. Um, our architectural and engineering, uh, builders, uh, we're, more around that two week timeline and then our custom builds were in that you know three to four week timeline and we stay pretty consistent with that 
So, I mean, that's the pricing, first of all, that's unbelievable <laughs> um, yep. for a 6,500 square foot house. I might've missed it. What about like customization too? Mm -hmm. So if, if they buy a set of plans or, or if the builder buys a set or has that set of plans with you guys, and I get it all the time, we have certain plans we already have, but most of the time our stuff's done from scratch. They might take something and uh, that we've done in the past and we're going to tweak it. And when mm -hmm. we tweak it, I mean, that's a lot of tweaking. It's to their liking full custom, exactly mm -hmm. what they want fit on their lot. Cause obviously on Marco Island, uh, same with Naples, there's different lot sizes and so on and setbacks and all that. How do you go about customization? Um, what about stuff from scratch or is it just got to be bought off your website? How do you work these type of things? Yeah, so full customization, um, typically what we start with is, you know, we start with an intake meeting. Um, I actually just had one last night, <clears throat> very, very cool house. Um, and they basically provided us the lot and good layout and line work of what they wanted their floor plan to look like. And then after that, it's, you know, it's okay, well, now we have to do these things. Or oftentimes, you know, people have done the research, they come to us and they say, hey, here's a photo or here's a floor plan from, you know, three different house plan websites that are kind of give you an idea of what we're kind of looking for. And then, you know, we get the lot size, we get their, their constraints, um, minimum requirements, and then just, we start going from there. What we do with those in those scenarios is we, we start with a concept contract. So we'll, We'll take that and we'll develop a concept floor plan and then also typically some elevations and go, okay, here's a concept of here's from what you provided to us, here's the concept that we've developed. What do you think? And then we tweak it, you know, they provide edits, we adjust it until we get an approved. And then from that, we can go to an actual our A&E set, which is our A&E contract or our clears contract, which is then providing all the full architectural, full engineering, so on and so forth. So um, again, most of those that we work with um, full start to finish, especially if they're bringing a ton of ideas to us, um, we're, we're right around in that 10,000 10, mark. Um, you know, bigger houses, definitely more, but um, you know, the, the, the ones that we've done so far, we were right around that 10 grand mark. Um, tweaks, if we're starting with the base plan, um, like off of our website or our builder comes to us, one of our builders comes to us and is like, hey, I got the, they want this plan and we want to make it, edit it. And we just bid it, we bid it per, or we just do it on a TNM basis. You know, sometimes those, those, edit, those edits are, very efficient, very, actually very simple for us to include. So sometimes they change the entire structural layout. So um, you know, it, it's a case by case basis in that aspect. So that $10,000, for example, just using that, that includes the full set engineering everything for them as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's very good <laughs> as far as yeah. Yeah, most of our stuff is wood framed, you know, wood frame construction. We are, we do have some people starting to build with ICF. Um, I'm a huge fan of ICF. And uh, on the next house that we build, we'll, we'll be with ICF. Um, uh, for those that don't know that, it's insulated concrete forms. So it's basically just like CMU block, except for it's 
got a lot of styrofoam and, and plastic for attaching finishes and stuff to it. So, um, what about it? What, what about with block plans? Have you done, can you convert your plans to block? Cause obviously that's the way we build down here is using block, a ton of concrete, tie beams, all that. And then wood frame up top is what we're allowed to do down here. I got you. Yeah, that's easily convertible. Um, okay. Easily convertible. And then, you know, the biggest thing is our communication with our builders. Okay. Uh, what are you used to? What do you, how do you guys like to build in the field? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like too many engineers don't have that conversation. Um, we actually, all of our builders, we have a, we have an SOP sheet. And it's like five pages long. And we go through line item by line item. Okay. When this occurs, what do you guys prefer to do? When this occurs, what do you guys prefer to do? And the thing of it is, is that changes as material prices change, it's changed, availability of items change, um, different regions. I mean, our one of our builders that you know they're building in six states. Guess what? We have an SOP for each state. We have a base template for their plans for each state, you know, because they've they've got different different needs, requirements, access to materials, other stuff like that for each state. You know, we can start building those into a region. Um, we started to regionalize those for them, but the, ma- the fact of the matter is, is they all kind of have their minor variances. So, um, but yeah, edit, re- re- revising plans or from, you know, either two by four, two by six wall construction into an ICF or CMU block. It's just a change in wall depths, wall depths and infill, and then, and then detailing. Uh, detailing and call-outs, which the detailing and call-outs, again, is very site-specific and specific to what the builder prefers. And as far as elevations, all that, that's part of that detailed mm-hmm. call-out too. Okay. Yeah. And you guys, you guys, obviously, you'll provide, on the engineering side, you'll provide a set of trust drawings, but it still has to go to our trust engineers, obviously, for them to do what they need to do. Because what we... we, we what we do yeah, down here, yeah, that's what we have to do down here is we have to basically get the full set of plans sent to the trust mm-hmm. company, and that's what's taking forever down here. It's taking 14 to 16 weeks just for me to get drawings back. So. Yeah, yeah, my tech is definitely uh, cornered that market. So if my tech's struggling, everybody's struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's nationwide. Yeah. Like said, even our volume builders that are doing – I mean, we've, we've got one of our builders that's doing a thousand homes a year. Guess what? <laughs> they <start laughs> He's waiting to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they're doing a thousand homes a year and they've got a house plan library of like over 90 house plans. So uh, in-house house plan library and, you know, this changes, this modifies this. Change. And so, you know, hope we got to go out for new trusses and say, all right, well, talk to you in three months. <laughs> <laughs> so you hear that, everybody that's listening, that's a customer of mine. You heard it right there. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, with that said, and I don't know how flexible the jurisdictions are down there, um, a lot of our, we don't mind going forward with engineering without the trust engineering. Um, you know, only in certain very, very high snow load regions or very, very high wind regions, which where you're at, you're definitely high wind. Um, would we say, hey, you know, we can do this preliminary, but we need the trust engineering before we can, as a as a final review, yeah. we're going to make edits and modifications. So some of our clients that are like, hey, yeah, I get it. The trust engineering is three months, but guess what? So is the permitting process. So let's get our plans done. We can submit it and we can do a deferred submittal on the trust engineering. And then once the trust engineering comes in, 
They said, give it back to me. We review it. They, um, we review it. We make the modifications to the plans or we provide a letter saying we reviewed it. Our design is compliant. You know, the design works. And then they submit that as supplemental information. Um, or, you know, but, but sometimes in that time, they'll get a conditional use permit um, that basically says, hey, you're approved to move forward. But if the trust has come back and required modifications, guess what? You're responsible for those. Um, now, that flexibility with, with the jurisdiction or the building department is really jurisdiction by jurisdiction um, or, you know, some, it, it really is. You've got to, you've got to have a building, you know, some building officials just flat out won't do it. Um, some cities won't allow it or they don't even have a deferred submittal process. Um, and, uh, but, you know, with what I'll say is a lot of the states we work with, like Oregon, Washington, Idaho, um, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, those are the main, those are the, our largest overall volume is in those states. Um, there tend to be work, work with the client. Um, we, we did about a hundred homes in Arizona last year and, uh, yeah, I didn't find a jurisdiction that was willing to work with us very easily down in Arizona. Um, so that's, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, here, our permitting actually moves uh, a lot faster down here based on we have to do a lot more legwork on the builder end nowadays and permanent costs are higher. Go figure, that's how that that uh, worked out, right? Um, yeah. We do more work, but um, so that's not too bad. So how we have to do it is it is that three-month wait now for trust drawings. We don't, I mean, we can't really submit without them. Um, for the actual permit we do once we get those trust drawings it does go back to the engineer to firm everything up and then it comes back to us we submit the final plans to the city is how we do it because if we pre-submit here it's almost pointless because it's just going to sit it's going to stop dead in its tracks because they're going to need those final trust drawings they don't have a deferred submittal process i'm sure they do but with and i've talked to another builder that did that and he said it doesn't matter. It's still mm -hmm. going to sit until you get those drawings and everything firmed up anyway by the trust engineers. So, right. you know, it's just it kind of is what it is. Uh, Cause I was thinking what you were saying about doing that to see if it would speed anything up and it doesn't, unfortunately. So it's just yeah. a waiting game. And uh, I get the calls weekly from customers. Oh, you, how's my trust is coming? Well, I told you, you know, it'd be around this time, this time, but so it's still in there. You know, and I check, but there's nothing we can really do. Our hands are tied on our end. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is really rough. And like I, I kind of expressed this, you know, there's there's pretty much one company that has kind of cornered the entire trust engineering market. You know, it, it, it used to be a little more broken up where you actually, you almost had, and you had small, you had these individual firms that would do the engineering and they had the program and uh, my tech over the years has really just taken it over. So yeah, if if they're inundated and they're struggling, everybody's struggling. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What about so? One thing I wanted to ask you too is if somebody goes on your site and they can just look up a plan, take a picture of it, and take the plan. How are you preventing that? You know, because I know those designs are there and people can just take them and take them to a different architect or whatever. How are you, how do you even stop that? 
Uh, I don't think we have, that's not something we really have to control. Cause I mean, I, I think people are going to, you know, people are going to, um, find that it's far more time intensive or far more costly. Uh, I mean, as you saw with our packages, I mean, we're offering complete house packages, but full architectural and full engineering for a lot less. Like specific for 2,500 bucks. Yeah. Good luck. Good. <laughs> <Like>, you know, <laughs> if, you've, if you've got somebody that will draft that up for you and uh, draft that up for you and do the engineering and make it code compliant, uh, at that price point, it, by all means, please go ahead, take, <laughs> take snapshots, try, like, good luck. Um, and then the plans that we actually issue, um, our, our plans that we actually issue have, have a triple date, stamp, triple date time stamp that have to match. Yeah. Uh, and we provide a disclaimer on that. They have a license applied to them um, that comes from the plan provider. Mm-hmm. So our plan providers provide those licensings. And then we also encrypt the plans. And then we have a disclaimer in there that the, that the jurisdiction says, hey, we need unencrypted plans. We actually have a email that the jurisdictions actually email us directly and request them directly. And we provide in that when those come in, it actually goes to um, it's almost a blanket email. It goes to like four people um, that all have access to the plans. And it's basically whoever responds first. So it's a very if a jurisdiction requests it, um, like I said, we provide those unencrypted plans directly to the jurisdiction almost immediately. So. Yeah, it's smart. Because, I, I mean, I've had people bring me uh, screenshot plans or whatever. And we, obviously, we're not going to we're not going to recreate those plans because we have our plans or if they have a concept, we're going to recreate it to our personal design. We don't steal other builders plans or anything. And I would hope the same for other builders with us. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've had that where they brought me my architects plans that are online. And I'm like, yeah, it's my architect's plans. You're still going to have to pay for that. In yeah. that case, they're just like, oh, okay. You know, so. <laughs> it, it, I, I, you need to look at house plans like artwork. I mean, mm-hmm. really it is. I mean, somebody has taken and invested time into developing this piece of artwork. Now it's up to the builder wherever to actually take that, those instructions and build a plan or take that artwork and create the bigger piece of artwork that it was intended to develop. So have res- have some respect for the art. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, again, we, we partner with these house plan part uh, house plan providers. We partner direct with architects that have a house plan library and we pay them a fair price. You know, we're not a, we're not a house plan publisher. There's a lot of companies out there that are house plan publishers where they basically say, Hey, we're going to give you a percentage of what we sell the plan for. Like, so they're just out there, they're just marketing and they just have this massive library of just, Hey, and we just, you know, market, 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 market. And when we sell it, and then they put the whole, the hundred percent of the, the liability on the original designer. So they're basically just a pass through and the designer just gets a cut. Um, you know, fine, whatever. We partner with directly with the people that originally developed those plans and what they ask, what they want to be paid per per plan when it sells, they're paid that. That's what it is. I don't, if I give it a discount, which we don't do discounts, but <laughs> um, that's rule number one in business. Don't do discounts. Don't do friends and family. Don't do any of that. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't devalue your product. You devalue yourself. Um, 
but you know, the fact of the matter is, is yeah, we, we pay them that, that they were worth, it's worth that. And then the other part of it is we take a hundred percent responsibility for the plans. We're taking it from that part and taking it all the way through. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, it's, we're very innovative in that aspect in that they basically post it on our website and that's all they have to do. That's it. Um, and, you know, and we take it from there. And now we are working with a couple, with a couple of our house plan providers where they're going to be actually offering our services at checkout from their website, um, which is great for us uh, because, I mean, we basically, in that aspect of it, I'm going to provide just very simplistic flat rate pricing to them and go, just, this is what I'm going to charge. If it's a, if it's a one story in this square footage range, it's this, if it's a two story in this square footage range, it's this three story, it's this. And then when they're checking out, they just charge the client that they pay it to me as a path through, just like I pay them as a pass through. And now I've got business and I've got more market flow into that business. So it's very interesting in that, you know, with what we've done with Clearis, you know, I'm selling most engineers sell a consulting, you know, they're selling consulting time. We're selling consulting, but we're also selling a product. Um, and that we're, you know, we're selling and we're selling a product on behalf of the original artist. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's what you're doing is amazing too. Uh it's smart. It's really smart because the to have to get the value that you're offering at the price you're offering is it's it's crazy to me because obviously we pay an architect and <laughs> I yeah. know our, I know how much that can cost and our customers usually I let my customers go direct to the architect we don't really make any money off of that uh, yeah. just you know because I feel like that's more fair to the client just because of how much architecturals cost uh, right. you know we make the money on the build end of things but yeah what you're doing is pretty amazing I want to end it here before we get into some personal questions here um, what about uh, innovation and in architecture and engineering what are you seeing and then also some trends that you're seeing as far as what kind of styles and so on just so the audience that's listening can hear that you know, I think we're definitely seeing um, we're seeing a turn back in time. Um, we're seeing a turn back in time of, of overall house aesthetics. I think we're going to start seeing us going back to um, a lot of the, the farmhouse, the Victorian, the colonial. We're seeing a lot of that those aesthetics come back pretty commonly in new builds. Um, even some of my volume builders uh, are bringing those aesthetics back into uh, their larger developments, which I think is really cool. Um, I don't get it. The, the blackout, the all black houses, um, that's becoming like, I mean, literally the entire exterior, it's black on black on black. And then, mm. Hey, there's a maple aesthetic. <laughs> you know, there's a, my door, my door is maple. That, that's, you know, there's a, there's an accent. That's something we're seeing a lot in the architectural side of things. Um, engineering wise, we're going to start, you know, we've got a couple things hitting us. Uh, we've got obviously the, the issues with just, um, um, what am I trying to, issues with just getting logistics of getting materials. Um, but you know, something that's not really talked about is the fact that tariffs on wood coming from Canada are being doubled. And that may, you, you may look at that and go, well, what's the big deal? Well, 85% of engineered wood materials comes from Canada. Mm -hmm. 
So Canadian timber is actually, you know, from engineering standpoint, we actually have a separation. We have wood materials that are manufactured in the South and or wood materials that are, that are um, harvested in the South, which is the United States and wood materials that are harvested in the North, which is Canada. The North materials have higher design characteristics. You know, it's longer, older growth material grown in a harsher environment, take longer to grow kind of things. So it's denser product. And that's why they make a lot of the engineered products out of that. It's it's higher grade based materials. And so when you think about that, 85% of the engineered products, especially OSD, is now having a tariff doubled on it, not to mention all of the other production issues. You know, that's why you're talking. I mean, we we went from being able to get a sheet of OSB for $7 and then it was first time there was $70 or I think in our, my area, we got up almost $80 and, you know, it's come back down, but it's still, you're paying, I think I, I looked at getting some and if I could buy a unit of it, I could get it at $38. We're still five times, five fold for what it was just over a year ago. And the tariffs haven't even gone into place yet. So I think what we're going to see is a lot of things that, you know, builders trying to find ways away from standard OSB sheathing or looking at alternate construction methods. Um, one of our a builder we met with in California, um, they actually do a VE study on every house they do for wood versus ICF or CMU block because of two things. One, the expense of the wood materials. Um, and then two, their seismic requirements are so high when you have a when you have a homeowner that wants large windows and big openings and everything like that, it makes it to where the wood just you can't make it work. Mm-hmm. So going to an ICF or CMU block or even concrete type uh, exterior wall construction becomes actually the more efficient option. Yeah, I I highly agree. I actually had um, a uh, specialist. He was a forest specialist in lumber and so on on my last podcast and was talking to him about the wood and he was talking about how here in America we're starting to produce a lot more and they're trying to obviously keep the forest as healthy as possible. And we're, we're producing some of the top lumber in, in the, in the world right now too, as far as that, but the costs just aren't there. But he was also talking about associating costs with times too. He goes, you know, you buy a new Cadillac today, you're paying $120,000 versus uh, paying the 70,000 that you used to, he goes, that's the times we're in and people are shifting and having to adjust. And, you know, not that we don't all hope it's going to go down because costs are getting pretty up there, but our costs going to stay like this. We don't know, you know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We don't know if this is the new norm. You know, if it is the new norm, people are going to adjust to that new norm too. But I agree with you finding other ways to make homes we're not so much in, obviously we try and save our customers as much as possible, but as far as like track home builders and stuff like that, they're going to have to figure out more cost efficient models too, just because people aren't going to be able to afford to live in these smaller homes as well. You know, you're seeing, and and you're starting to see it now too. You're seeing it with rents and so on. All these rents are going up. It's pushing a lot of our workers up north to Fort Myers and so on because Mm -hmm. affordability in this area is getting out of it's just you can't afford it you Mm -hmm. know you might be locked in on a rent rental for now and then next year it's going to be twice the price 
So that's what you're, what you're saying and figuring out how to make things more affordable so people can buy and not have to pay the double in rent and so on. That's kind of, it's going to have to happen sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because the narrative, when you, when you see these price increases, especially in real estate and, and, um, you know, I do, I'm, a, I, I do developing and real estate investing as well. And it's like, you see these price increases, you see changes in the market, rents go up and everybody's like, well, my landlord is really greedy or, oh, my property owner is really greedy or that. And it's like, guys, we're, we're fluctuating with what the market is doing to us. And what they don't understand is government influence has such a massive swing in mm-hmm. what we have to pay. And what we have to pay is, as you know, as property owners and landlords, um, you know, Washington changed their energy code and they implemented their energy code, the new energy code with massive, massive resistance from most of the people in the state. It added thirty six thousand at the time. It was they estimated it was thirty six thousand dollars to the base construction cost of a two thousand square foot three bedroom two bath house. That's across the board, you know. And then that was before we were having all of the issues with with access to these products. So now it's gone up even more. Well, you're going to increase our base cost by that amount, and then you have to figure. Those base costs have margins because the people doing the work and installing it and everything have to make money on that. That's how we live. And then we get taxed on that. You know, so all these things occur. And what unfortunate it's going to be, you know, people understand is now the, the current administration is now changing the rules for loans for investors and people that own property where they're increasing, literally increasing. Um, if I go in and buy an investment property um, by the end of this year, so now 2022, my base cost in points has increased almost 500%. Well, who's paying that cost? The end consumer, the renter. The renter is paying that cost. I have to pass that cost forward, okay? I get taxed on everything I do with that property. Hmm. So those costs have to get paid forward. And so, you know, they say there's government regulation far exceeds the greed of any individual. I mean, that's that's far exceeds it. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's they make sweeping regulations that affect everybody where an individual greedy person may make poor decisions that affect a small group. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a whole nother topic we go into yeah. for a long time. <laughs> so, uh, wrapping this up, man, because uh, I know we're getting to the end and you got to get real going too. Is, uh, is um, let's get into some personal questions. Uh, what about you personally? I always ask this question to everybody What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business that, and or our own lives that can help us grow? Seek out adversity. If you're getting comfortable, seek out something that's going to make you uncomfortable. Um, we get in this level of comfort in life that, and when you, if your comfort kills, you know, my, my grandfather, I mean, he, he worked until he was, he had his, ran his company until he was 72 and then continued to work until he was almost 80 and doing real estate investing, doing developing being an engineer, doing forensic investigating, anything, anything and everything he possibly could. And 
then he had to stop because he started losing his eyesight and other stuff. And once he stopped, everything went downhill and it went downhill quick. Um, and so, you know, when you use that as kind of a, and, and same thing happened with um, my other grandfather, um, who's you know, longtime military veteran, served in all the big wars, um, and then was a senior VP for US Bank. Again, you know, when he retired, he sought out adversity. He sought out things to try him and push him and make him learn things, learn new things until he literally couldn't anymore. And again, once he wasn't able to anymore, once it stopped, everything went downhill quickly. So the same thing can happen in business and in your own personal life at any age. We get comfortable and we try and build this comfort around us. And if you're not continuing to seek out that adversity, continuing to seek out those learning new things, things that push you um, physically, mentally, and you come to a stop or you get in a comfort zone, guess what? You're not going to continue forward. You're not going to stay where you were at. You're going to go backwards. I highly, highly agree. And I've been, uh, I've been probably just like yourself, just trying to figure out things that I should be doing to keep pushing myself forward and moving forward and getting comfortable or being comfortable, getting uncomfortable is like, it's huge. And ever since I started putting myself in these more uncomfortable situations, like, you know, maybe post it like a lot of people won't post on social media at all or do video on social media because they're afraid of what people's reactions are but once you start doing it you just don't care i mean you get to a point where it's just natural thing and then you want to go to the next thing like okay you know maybe speaking on stage or or doing these just doing stuff that people normally wouldn't do just it advances you so far uh just in business life in general and just everything you just feel it you see it and it's just it's crazy when you start pushing yourself forward like you just said and doing those things that are uncomfortable it changes everything so big believer in what you just said yeah it, it is it's huge it's huge i mean it um you know i and you can make those your hobbies um you make those your hobbies you can do something where it makes you uncomfortable but you're actually helping somebody else um you know I, i'm a big proponent of the big brother big sister program um, you know, my, my dad wasn't really around when I was growing up. So I had a big brother and you know, right, I talked to him now and, you know, it was something that was really outside his comfort zone, but it helped him grow as an individual. And I mean, here I am, we, he's been my big brother for 30 years now. <laughs> I still talk to him weekly. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was something, but I mean, he started it when he was in his early twenties and you know, it was something that was way outside his comfort zone. Um, you know, for a hobby, I do jujitsu. <laughs> jujitsu is self-inflicted adversity. <laughs> you know, it is, uh, it is voluntary. Uh, it is voluntarily putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Um, and it, it's a heck of a reality check. Um, you know, I, I, so, you know, those are two things that are the, those are two things that are very, very important to me. And, uh, um, and they're just, it, they're things we, they're just examples of what people can do to push themselves outside of their, of their comfort zone. Um, learning a new language. I mean, there's apps on your phone. So during your morning constitution, you can be learning, <laughs> learning the language, you know, it's, I gotta, yeah, I do. yeah, yeah. The Duolingo. I learned Spanish. Um, as we, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, just, 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 you know, sit in there and you're, 
Yeah, it's uh, it, whatever it does, you know, just stuff that gets the mind going. So love it, love it. Uh, another talk about earlier, seventy-five hard. Yeah, oh. there's another one. Yeah, I was actually going to say that too. Yes, yes. Push yeah. you be you want to be pushed and you want to be uncomfortable. That's the thing. Every time I tell somebody I'm doing it and what it is, they're like, "Well, oh, that's crazy," you know. So I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, it's it's not too crazy once you do it and it changes your life." So I highly recommend go check it out for those of you that are listening to. Um, Another question that I always ask everybody on this show, everybody talks about your past. Let's talk about your future. So where will we see Royal in the next 10, 15, 20 years from now? Who will you be? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, business-wise, we can always start with business. There's some big things we're starting to do uh, business-wise. I kind of talked about the regionalization. Um, we brought in MEP design, and we're actually starting to you know, start providing material takeoffs for our builders. And then combined with that, um, we're actually partnering with a, uh, a company that specializes in construction financing for smaller to mid-level builders. So it's outside typical bank financing. It's actually backed by a very large fund. And uh, it's going to be very, it'll allow these smaller to mid-sized builders to be very competitive. So in that situation, builders are able to, with us, find plans at low cost, get their material takeoffs, and then also get right into their construction financing. It's all very site specific. So it's, you know, in conjunction with our name of Clearis, we're really trying to make this a complete process for our builders. Um, personally, uh, as we kind of discussed, we're in the process of moving from Washington, the state of Washington, down into Florida. Um, I grew up in the Northwest and my wife grew up in Alaska. So those are, that's a big, big change for us, but it's a, it's a positive one. Um, it's, a. I love the mountains, but you know, it's when you're six months out of the year, you're in your house or, you know, you're messing with snow and ice and stuff around your house and all other things. You don't, you're not really getting to enjoy it. So it'd be nice for us to be down here and, and climate that we can enjoy. And then when we want to go visit the mountains or in this hot summer and go visit somewhere cooler, we can break away and go do that. So that works really nice. And one thing I guess we didn't hit on is, is Clearance is 100% mobile. So all of my team work from their homes. So that's, um, we're 100% mobile. So when I talk about like our PM platform, our PM platform is very uh, involved and very transparent to our builders as well, because it, I have to have it um, that way, because I have an entire team that we're doing over a hundred houses a month, but they all work from their homes. So uh, it, it has to be that way. Um, so with that said, I mean, it provides a lot of flexibility where we can be traveling a lot. And then personally, you know, I, I currently have two children. Um, we're actually going to be looking into um, fostering and possibly adopting. So that's a, on a personal realm. That's something um, with my childhood and background. I know, you know, I know what it's like to be in a bad situation as a child. And uh, now that I've built what I've built and I have a lifestyle that I feel like I, we can be supporting more, that's something my wife and I definitely want to explore. Awesome. That's awesome. One question also that I've been uh, asking, and I actually shout, shout out to Ed Milet for this one. I, I, I'm taking this one from him. I heard it on his podcast, which I loved it, was, was there something on this, this show that we didn't discuss that you think we should have talked about that'll benefit the audience? 
No, we really, shoot, we covered a lot. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is really good. Um, you know, this is, uh, I guess, you know, the biggest thing I would say, and, and I'll, I'm sure people in the building industry that maybe listen to you, um, but, you know, maybe not, um, you know, we talked about self-personal adversities um, and, you know, doing those things. But the other thing is, you know, you know, we, you and I met through a common group, thanks to, you know, with the RTA syndicate, um, you know, those, those kinds of groups, when I talk to people, I talk to some people about them, they almost have a bad rap where it's like, Oh, you know, the, they're just a pyramid scheme and they're this and they're that. And they're that. And I'm like, guys, you know, okay. I get to have phone calls with these guys and I get to do these things. You know, I get to have phone calls with Ed Milet and Andy Frisella and go to conferences and, and meet them. And I, just, I go, but that, that's not like, they're awesome. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is they're just a magnet, a large magnet, bringing other people of similar mindsets, of similar drive, of similar wants together. And then it's those connections that those people they bring together. That's the biggest part of that group. Oh yeah. You know, we're I'm doing a development right now with another person from RTA Syndicate. My connection with the the finance company is a connection through RTA Syndicate. Us getting together is through RTA Syndicate. You know, it's those those are those things and then you know now we're building out into other groups and doing different things um i mean those i got a, i'm invested in private capital group that was a connection through rsa syndicate you know it's those are things that there that's where the benefit comes from you know and so it's all i'd say is if you aren't a part of a group that pushes you and has people of like-mindedness that want to see, want to succeed and want to see those around them succeed, find one. Yeah. I mean, it's the benefit, the benefit, the value far exceeds the cost, regardless of whether it's a, you know, a certain fee per month or, you know, like the, the hundred mil, the hundred mil club where it's a hundred thousand dollar initial investment. It doesn't matter what you're going to gain from that, the relationships you're going to build, the friendships, the supplemental business, that secondary far surpasses what that out-of-pocket expense is. Oh, yeah. The connections alone have been so worth it. I mean, the connections alone are everything. That's why I've been in it for, I think, what's hard to take, four years old now, I think. I can't yeah. believe time's flown. Jeez. Uh, but, yeah, since day one, haven't left it and just been a part of it. I mean, I'm not too active in the Facebook group, but I, I still have met so many great people and met other people through those people. And it just that that tree of just people that you meet and get to know. If I wasn't a part of that, I, I wouldn't know half the stuff I do now I wouldn't be doing. And half the people I know I wouldn't know and half the groups and you know, I'm part of top contractor school with Brian Hess, who's also an Arte and um, being involved in that group and just just learning and expanding personally. I just highly recommend it to anyone because there's so many people that won't do something like that. But mm -hmm. that's what you have to do to kind of level you up, pay a little bit of money, invest in yourself. And and that's the best best investment I ever made hands down because it's changed my changed everything in my well, life big time I, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt i mean there's 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 i mean i can i typically pinpoint it down to two things but since you and i are talking i'll bring it through you and the reason i am where i am today 
in a financial position and a family position and everything with where I was at to today, um, just these last you know three years is because, well, my, my big brother from the big brother program that got me through my childhood stuff, um, wrestling when I was in high school and then jujitsu, uh, after I got out of college that got me basically on the right track out of college and, and then RTA syndicate and all of those things have kind of took me to other levels. And, uh, right, you know, it's, it's important. It's important. So, you know, you got the ment- I had the mentorship from the big brother program, jujitsu is mentorship and adversity. And Arte is just the whole network as long, along with mentorship and teaching and everything like that. And you know, I'm not trying to make this commercial about Arte. It is great. <laughs> There's great. our plug. Yeah. There's other ones as well. You know, the Apex group, um, the Apex group, which go figure the president of the Apex group is an Arte member. Uh, you know, yeah. the 100 million mastermind. Again, those guys are Arte members. The, Avengers mastermind, those guys, most of them are RTA members. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that there, there's a, so much of that cross connection. Um, you know, Lions Den with Sean Whalen, guess what? RTA member. I mean, <laughs> you know, so it's, it is, it is really cool how they all cross support each other. And it's kind of, as you get, as you get connected with these things, it's, it's huge. It's huge. So I built, I built lifelong relationships, um, and friendships through it and people that, you know, I know where their ethics and their quality are at. And, uh, you know, if I'm ever looking for to build a house down in your area, guess what? Guess who's building my house? Guess who's not, guess who I'm not even, at, who's not talking to anybody else or getting bids from anybody else? This guy. You know, We're like making it happen now. You heard yeah. it on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I, I, we're definitely gonna be working together in the future on some plans. I just have to figure that out how we're gonna do it. But yeah, coming up as we grow too as a company, that's one of my main things is growth and having a business like yourself too that can kind of keep up with that growth. So we'll be talking too. May not be in the short term, in the long term, definitely too. As yeah, well, and, so and I don't know what your volume is and for what you do, but like one of our builders, a couple of our builders that we we work with. You know, they have that one massive house that they work on and then they've got a couple medium sized homes and then they got some track homes. And, you know, and we basically I may not be the guy on that massive house that they're doing, but those medium sized and those in those track homes, we we provide that stuff. And that's just more of anything just to keep them in a vertical situation to constantly keep their crews busy. So just mm-hmm. just to. We'll be talking for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. So to some, wrap this up, I always ask, this is the last question what this show is all about. What exactly do people need to look for in their next engineer or architectural firm? And why should they choose Royal and Clearest Group as their architect slash engineer of choice? Yeah, I, you know, the biggest thing is we, you're not, nothing new is being invented out there. You know, we have 4,000 house plans in, in our plan library. And we can work with any house plan from any other house plan person. And the fact of the matter is, is, I mean, you can go on some of these other bigger websites and they've got 10,000 houses, which is almost, you know, 10,000 or 15,000 houses, which can get overwhelming. Um, but that's fine. We can work with other plans as well and provide continuation services or completion services to those. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, I think it was um, Damon Johns, he, he, he made a comment. He's like, he's like, nothing new is ever invented. It just gets better. You know, what was the carrier pigeon 
a few hundred years ago with Twitter today. You know, we're just a we're just a better system, and uh, that's that's what we that's what we do. I mean, we're we're bringing we're taking design, we're modifying it to your liking as you want it, so you basically have a custom home. You're not incurring the massive expense or the massive time, and and goes with that. And then it's being engineered by engineers that have worn a tool belt that understand, hey, like just because there's some load there doesn't mean you need another Simpson connector, doesn't mean you need this stuff, doesn't mean you need that. Like we can make this a safe performing home for the loads imposed on it, make it structurally structurally sound, make it great without adding a bunch of excess stuff for expense. And we can do this in a timely manner, in, in a cost-effective manner. And so like I said, we've just made the system more efficient. We've made it better um, for the person, for the client and for the builder. And so, you know, obviously residential, that's where we excel. Our focus is residential. Um, but, you know, the other thing is architects, every architect I know has their own style. And so what I would say with anybody that's like, hey, I really want a custom home design, um, find a find a person, find a builder, find an architect that you actually get along with. Yeah. Because if you don't get along with them, I don't care if they are the low bid. It is going to be the most painstaking process for the next year and a half, two years of your life. And you're going to come into that house with full resentment. Mm-hmm. Find a builder and an architect that you like their style, you get along with them and the price is the price and just accept that and move forward with life. Because if you don't get along with them, it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and with that said, I, I gotta just, I just gotta put this out here because um, we actually lost a fellow uh, RT member, um, um, Mike Harn with Anlon Construction and talk about somebody that got along with pretty much everybody. Yeah. And it was just an amazing person an amazing builder and uh um my really my my heart goes out to the family um he's had two young girls and uh you know if you haven't donated to christine there go find me um you know it was it was a multi-year cancer battle so he was somebody that was well established as a builder had you know financially stable to tell you what a few years of fighting cancer it takes its toll. So, um, but I mean, talk about somebody that was just an all out giver, no matter what, and just yeah, got along. Yeah. I mean, just an amazing individual. So, um, he was, he was one of those, one of those builders that just, he built it right. And his price was his price. And, but he was always honest and he was always, I mean, had full integrity in his builds and just an amazing individual. So find a builder like that and just accept what the price is going to be. Yeah, I agree. Mike was on the show too, an awesome guy. Uh, I got to know him well too. I donated to the GoFundMe as well. So highly recommend anybody that listens to this, go check that out. Um, I should put a link in the show notes as well. Remember to do that too. Um, But yeah, great person. And he definitely did it right. And if you listen to the episode with him on the show as well, you can just tell. And that's everybody that comes on the show. That's what it's all about is people just doing business the right way, you know, and uh, taking care of the client first. That's the main thing is Mm -hmm. client focused. And uh, just that's why I have this show to kind of showcase that and these good builders and designers and architects and engineers and so on that 
just go about business doing it right. So happens to be a lot of them in Arte, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we got some good, we got some good ones. We got some yeah. good ones. Yeah, exactly. But Royal, this has been awesome, man. I, I loved having you on a lot of great info too, on the engineering side of things. I was, that's why I was excited to have you on the show real quick before we go, where can people find and connect with you? Yeah. So um, our website is www.clearest.co, not.com, but .co. Um, or you can go to clearestplans.com um, and you can look at some of a sampling of the plans from some of our partners. And then there's also links directly to our house plan partners there. We have more plans coming. We have more partners getting onboarded um, as we speak. So that's always awesome. Um, and you can kind of look through our workflow. Uh, we also provide a video kind of showing what our PM, the, the visual side of it of to our builders is. Um, we're always willing to talk to any builder of any size, see what we can do to help them. If we aren't the right fit for you, hey, you know, so be it. Um, at least maybe we can connect you with our um, some of our house plan providers, uh, another engineer that may be able to service you in your region or even our construction lenders. And, uh, you know, just love to check you out. You can also call me direct, uh, area code 509-530-8713 or Sorry, I gotta remember our <laughs> go toll free. <laughs> I got it. There it is. Uh one eight three three four pleuris. So eight three three four pleuris is our toll free. Um I always forget if it's an eight three three or an eight seven seven. So as long as it's not a one nine hundred, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> No, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, this has been a great episode. And uh, yeah, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's been an awesome time. Thank you. Here. Yeah. And for all you that listen, you know the routine. Just like, comment, share this with friends and family. Five-star reviews only accepted on iTunes. You know that. And uh, comment too. It takes two seconds. And I will see you guys on the next one.